Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book creator, publisher and all-round terrific bloke Tyler James about what comics he would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Comic Scene. An award-winning magazine, Comic Scene is available digitally and in print in the UK, Ireland, Australia, Canada and the good old USA at www.getmycomics.com forward slash comic scene. On a side note, Comic Scene have also launched a Kickstarter for a major new project called The History of Comics 1930-2030. to Each prestige format book covers one year of comic book history. The first four books cover 1984, 1977, 1950 and 1986. With about 10 days left of the campaign, it is fully funded, but if you'd like to get a slice of history, be sure to check it out by either searching for Comic Scene as one word on Kickstarter, or by simply clicking the link in the show notes. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Tyler James. How's it going? Samuel, nice to talk to you. How you doing? Finally, yeah. Um, it's, it's really good, because... Um, I didn't. I didn't say before, but I, I, I'm a, a big fan of the podcast Comics Launch and everything that you do. Um, I, I think it's absolutely amazing um, all of the what you've done um, over the past uh, few years with Comics Launch because I've, I've been following it since I started comics um, and Kickstarter specifically, um, and like all of your resources that you've developed over the past few years um have been invaluable to me so thank you from the bottom of my heart (laughs) well i appreciate that samuel and you know as someone that has been doing this for a while and uh you know sometimes i actually surprise myself when i go and start a new launch or start working on a new project and i like forget stuff that I've put into checklists or strategies that I've used that I've taught that I've done. And then I rediscover them by going through my own stuff and reviewing my own podcast and be like, Oh yeah, that Tyler, he he was pretty smart a few years ago. I should probably do that again. Uh, So yeah. I I remember 2018 Tyler. He knew what he was doing. Well, it's, I mean, you know, 2018 Tyler is a completely different person and world that he was living in. Uh, you know, the, the, the simple luxuries of uh, 2018, uh, you know, uh, who would have oh, yeah. thought we would look back at, you know, even a few few months ago as like the uh, the good times or the uh, the easy days, you know? Certainly. Um, now, uh, for anybody that hasn't come across your work before, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm the publisher of Comics Tribe, which is a uh, brand of comics, uh, graphic novels. We also do have a, a side brand that is actually pretty, you know, a, a among the biggest things that we do that does children's uh, books and toys. Um, and uh, I've also, you know, I'm an educator by heart and by training and by educational background. Um, and um, one of the things that I've been working on over the past five years has been uh, a little uh, project called Comics Launch, which is there to sort of fill the gap uh, for creators who have created something awesome, but they've sort of realized, huh, 
I've got this thing. Now what do I do with it? Uh, and it turns out that there's this whole other skill set to build audiences, launch your great art projects, comics, graphic novels, uh, what have you, uh, to the into the world. And it's a different skill set than it than it required to actually make the thing. And so, you know, I saw as I as someone that has been making comics since I was, well, you know, twelve years old and selling them since I was fourteen years old. Um, I've discovered along the way that, um, you know, one of the things that was really missing was that piece of all right, we've got this thing now. How do we get it out in the world and in this with twenty first century tools and strategies and tactics and and um, and, and how do we keep doing it in a sustainable way? And so that was the, really the, the passion and the interest that got me uh, into doing Comics Launch, which is a podcast. And then it also um, is a community. And, and I do have a, a Comics Launch Pro uh, community that is for creators that sort of want more coaching, guidance, and training on this stuff. And, and just a community of creators that are really, really serious about this. And, and, um, and so, yeah, so that's been something that I've been building in addition to the publishing side. Um, and so, yeah, for the fat past, I think I'm celebrating about four and a half years of, um, doing this full time of, um, you know, creating my dream projects and working with awesome talent to bring these projects to life. And then also, um, working and coaching creators to do the same for themselves and their own creative business. And so that's, that's what I do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and from time to time I get around to uh, putting out um, my own comics and, uh, as well, which is something that, um, you know, and building everything else up, um, I've, I've sort of let taken a little bit of a back seat as I, you know, work with really talented creators to push their stuff. Um, but, um, it's still something that's, that's there and, and will continue to be a part of my world as well. Inspiring. It just you know sums it up like what you've, you've managed to achieve over the past like almost five years now um that's that's absolutely incredible um and uh where where can people find you online to find out all of this amazing uh, resources that you've created yeah i mean what i would say is if you're listening to this you're probably listening it to it on a place where you uh can enjoy podcasts and so comics launch uh c-o-m-i-x launch uh Comics Launch, Comics Tribe. We uh, we went with the X instead of the uh, CS uh, for a number of reasons, but uh, <laughs> it's not always the most uh, mm -hmm. SEO uh, friendly or uh, or audio friendly. But so it's Comics Launch, Comics with an X, um, and uh, and so uh, yeah, I would start there. Download, uh, subscribe to the Comics Launch podcast, and, and get that. Um, I also do have. Um, a really cool resource um, that I put together for creators who are sort of like, all right, this Kickstarter thing sounds great, but where do I start? Where do I begin? Um, and so there's a really new resource that I just put together. It's a, a, a guide that you can get over at comicslaunch.com forward slash roadmap. And um, that'll sort of lay out the the journey that you're about to go on if, if you're really interested in building audiences and launching projects to them on Kickstarter for the comics and graphic novels that you create. Um, so that's a good place to start. Uh, that'll get you there. That'll get you an invite to our private Facebook group and uh, the comics launch um, email list that will get you, you know, lots of resources and strategies and, and um, invites to workshops when we do them and other things. So that would be where I would, uh, those, those would be the two places I would start is the comics launch workshop workshop or excuse me, the, the Comics Launch uh, podcast and then comicslaunch.com forward slash roadmap. And then if you're interested in um, seeing some of the work that we do, um, I would check out uh, shop.comicstribe.com. 
Um, and that's, uh, you'll check out some of our books and our products and, um, and then, you know, the, uh, this, uh, I, I am occasionally online, but uh, not quite as much, uh, in terms of just hanging out on social these days as, uh, as you know, I have in the past simply because, uh, we're sort of in, in a different world here and, and my time is, is pretty, pretty limited. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, all of those links are in the show notes, folks. So uh, definitely click on those as we're talking and check out all of uh, Tyler's resources online. And make sure you follow me on Twitter and the like. Uh, Now, all of that aside, Tyler, I do have some bad news for you, unfortunately. Uh, And that is that there's an asteroid heading for Earth as we speak. Um, And in the next 24 hours, it's going to be hitting Earth and and turning us into an apocalypse. So I've got two questions for you. What's your action plan for survival as the asteroid is approaching? And what's your action plan for survival once it hits? Oh, man. So... Yeah, this is the this is a great question, and um, you know the uh, it's going to be uh, the kind of thing where I would probably um, there's like what what you should do, what you should do, and what I would do. <laughs> what I would probably be doing is being good to the news twenty four seven, and uh, <laughs> as a result, be um, have, have more, uh, conflicting, uh, and contradictory advice that would be coming at me left and right as, as far as what to actually do. Um, and then I'd probably just defer to my wife because she is the planner prepper, uh, um, strategist when it comes to, uh, household and, and keeping us all alive. You know, I'm, I'm good for these, <laughs> for launching projects and, and all of that stuff. But when it comes to like real world, uh, the, the the real world, um, keeping up, keeping the kids alive and everyone fed. Um, <laughs> I would, I would lean heavily on my wife for that, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, um, there's probably some good prepper material out there. Um, I, I, I do have a friend who, uh, uh, named Garrett, who is continually, uh, um, you know, he, he was somebody that was like, getting hazmat suits and, and the like, uh, wow. laugh at uh, at the end of the last year, uh, thinking the worst was coming with Corona. Um, and, uh, so I, I would, I would be uh, hitting up resources of people that, um, you know, ha- have been spending their last, uh, you know, 10, 15 years studying how to survive this thing. And I would probably be trying to learn, learn as much as possible from them. But, um, yeah, but you know, the other, the other part about it is depending upon how bleak it is, it would just be about, all right, you know, with the amount of time I have left, uh, you know, who do I want to spend it with and, and who do I want to be around? Um, now once the thing hit, um, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't think I would do well in, a, in, a, in an apocalypse or, or a zombie scenario or any, or any of that stuff. I, uh, yeah, my, my, my survival, it's probably, I'm kind of surprised, surprised I've survived as long as I have. fair enough man well whilst whilst you're uh hightailing it with your your wife and 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 family at large uh the the conversation of comics comes up in the car um and just to pass the time whilst you're driving down the highway to to the you know most secure bunker that you can find um your wife uh asks you about comics and the first question she asks is what's the first comic you remember enjoying 
Oh man. Yeah, that's a, that is a great question. Um, there's sort of a, a lot of phases in my comic, um, you know, past and different times, but you know, the, the first thing that really was just like, wait a minute, what's going on here was, um, secret wars. And there was a, a, like, I, I didn't have the books, but my, uh, there was a, like a, a guy I, every summer I'd go up to a camp on the lake house and there was a, um, you know, a friend that was a couple years older than me and he had, uh, stacks of comics and he would let me like borrow them. And so, you know, I'm reading Spider-Man, I'm reading Batman, reading this, reading that. Um, but then <laughs> I covered like these, the secret wars thing where it's like, wait a minute, this has everybody in it. And <laughs> it, was, it was sort of like the, the opening moment that, that these, this wasn't just, uh, characters and stories. This was a whole universe <laughs> and it was interconnected and it was big. And I can remember getting to the end of secret wars and being like, Where's number? Where's Secret Wars two? And yeah. this was this was actually before there ever was Secret Wars two. Um, <laughs> so I immediately pulled out a, a, a sheet of paper and started started making it uh, my own Secret Wars two. And and that was I think the first time that I actually like said, Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comic. I was probably I don't know ten, uh, to, uh, and didn't get very far. Realized, huh? I. I <laughs> Spider-Man's harder to draw than it looks on the t- on uh, on the paper. Captain America, like uh, you know, how, how do I? I can't even draw a, a, a circle. How am I going to draw a, a shield that looks <laughs> that looks like uh, an American flag when I can't draw a circle straight? And you know, this is before I started learning about all the tools and things that that artists use to be able to do that all that awesome stuff. But sort of got me on that adventure. And, um, and so, yeah, I think that was that's sort of one of the first ones that I really remember just, you know, getting completely blown away by. Awesome. And so, yeah, obviously that's, that's where your journey into comics started. Um, and so, uh, it continued from there, I suspect that you, you carried on to, to write comics and things yourself and draw them, I assume at the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, until I was about 20, like, until I was about 26, 27, um, I had never, like I, I had written, drawn, uh, did everything on my comics. I like, it's ironic that my, my company's, uh, called comics tribe, um, in part because for the first 26, 27 years, I was like an entirely DIY, uh, 100% one man show. Um, but I sort of, you know, eventually I, I realized that, you know, your, your comic is going to be this, the, the, you know, only as good as its weakest link. And, um, and there were some comics and some things where it's like, Hey, you know what, for this idea, I'm not the best artist in the world for this. Or, or if I wanted to, you know, make a leap and, and tell this story in its best way, you know what, there's better people I, I can bring on my team that can fill in some of the gaps. And, and so, you know, that, that was something that was, uh, something that I I have learned over, over the years, but, um, but yeah, you know, for me, um, I had sort of initial interest in, and, and, um, in, in working on comics and, and being inspired by those books. But the, the, one of the major shifts that happened with me was as a result of the image, um, boom 
and and the, and the creation of Image Comics. And, and so it's, it was sort of like prior to Image Comics, I knew that, oh, you know, you could work in comics and, and that would mean doing, you know, doing the next Secret Wars, doing mm-hmm. uh, Spider-Man, doing Batman or whatever. Um, but it was sort of like this idea that, you know, those were characters that have always existed. They were always a part of the world. They're like, you know, the fact that we put a man on the moon or the, you know, the history. It's just like they they were, right? It never really dawned on me that those were things that didn't have to exist, that were actually willed into the world by human beings and creators mm-hmm. until uh, the image boom, where it was like, oh, wait a minute, the the hottest – talent from um, Marvel and DC have all jumped ship to create a new universe completely from scratch. And a lot of these guys weren't um, all that much older than I was. <laughs> Wait a minute, you can do that, you know? And so that was a time period where um, I started paying more attention to the names on the inside of the book than the character names uh, and the, you know, the titles and, uh, and the brand names on the outside of the book, you know? Um, And, and so that took me from, you know, wanting to not just create or not just, not just make comics, but make my own comics, create my own worlds and everything. And so that was like an early on thing that has lasted and to the point where, you know, I think in my tw- late in my twenties and maybe even early thirties, I still sort of held on to this notion of well, working in comics, like the the, the goal, the pinnacle, is to um, you know work, get hired by a Marvel or a DC and 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 work on those characters, and that eventually sort of still went all away be- because you know what, <laughs> like that's cool, but it's even cooler to bring something completely new into the world and, and, um, reap the benefits of that. Fantastic. And talking of new things, so you brought comics tribe into the world. Where, where did that come from? Yeah. So, you know, prior to comics tribe, um, I mean, so my history was, is, you know, the image boom, you know, that, that, that's really took hold when I was, uh, in my early teens and as a result of that coming out of it, I, I decided to like I'm, I'm making comics and and all throughout you know my my teens and and uh, and throughout high school, uh, middle school, high school, like that's what I did. You know, I, occasionally I would play sports and and you know I, I was a good student and so did my homework and got that done. But as soon as all that stuff was done, my activity was was sitting at the drawing table making comics. And I turned out a couple hundred pages worth of comics and multiple books and, and, and different series and, and all kinds of stuff. And, and, you know, when I look back on it, it's all like, you can, you can see exactly where the influence came from and, and draw direct lines from, you know, like, all right, this is, this is my, my early nineties, Jim Lee phase. And, oh, here's the Rob Liefeld influence. Oh, wait a minute. I just picked up Sin City and now I'm doing like a dark noir <laughs> like what a coincidence. So, so yeah you know it, it's it's very like i look back on them fondly for what they were you know reflections of of you know this is how we we create by you know first imitating and and extrapolating from exactly. you know the stuff that we we love and we're influenced by so 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 spent a lot of time with that and then um lo and behold going away to college uh there was a lot more things to do and a lot less time and, and just, you know, 
uh, ability to put hours and hours and hours into it. And so I let it go and I dropped, I, I, for the most part dropped, dropped it and, and, and went from doing, you know, 200 pages over high school to maybe a couple, you know, during college. And then after college, I, I did teach for America for two years, um, in inner city, New Orleans, um, which was, um, you know, an incredible experience, but also the hardest yeah. thing I ever did in my life. And, mm. um, and so that, you know, the, the energy that I put into, you know, tr doing that, that work, um, there was nothing left <laughs> to actually do yeah. comics. And, and, um, you know, after, after that, I had, I had returned back to the DC area and sort of working in a job and that was a little bit more of an office job, um, you know, in, in education research and, all of a sudden I sort of had a nine to five that was predictable clocked in and also had, you know, had the time and, and sort of felt a real creative void in my life. And, um, and realized eventually that that was a part of, yeah, Hey man, I don't, I don't create anything <laughs> and like, and, and so, so no wonder I, I'm seriously missing that. And I was watching way too much like bad reality TV at the time and just, just not fulfilled. Right. And, um, the thing that really triggered me back into it was um, I, I just ran across a, a, a comic book script writing cl class that was being taught um, at the continuing education center over at, at uh, Georgetown, which is where I went to undergrad. Um, but um, it was, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute, comic book script writing. You could actually take a class on that. <laughs> like where, where has this been all my life? And, you know, prior to like all of the comics that I've done in the past um, were really just, um, always art first, and then I'll, I'll make the drawings later. Uh, sorry about my dog in the background. Um, oh, no worries. It happens in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The dogs still, you know, they're, they're going to be the ones that'll survive it. Um, but, but so yeah, so so I had never actually learned how to write a proper comic script. I was sort of always sort of more of a discovery comic cartoonist. Um, never did the plotting, the planning, um, in, in any systematic form. And so by taking that course, um, that sort of got me back into it, um, got me into creating, helped me pick up some new tool sets. And it also got me back into the world of comics. And it turned out in the, you know, five or six years since I had left really collecting comics and just being in the comic world. Cause I was at school and then, uh, in the world of edu uh, inner city education and all of that. Um, you know, there were some really cool creators that came out of nowhere. Uh, Mark Miller, Brian Bendis, uh, you know, just you name it. There was a lot of creators that just were doing different stuff. And so that really pulled me back in. And, um, and, and so, and so that, 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 that one class really got things going for me again. Um, so that's, that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about, you know, what I do with comics launch pro is, is put, putting together classes, training programs, um, coaching support that will help people, you know, go from where they are to, you know, where they want to get, um, because of course did that for me. Um, and so, yeah, so, so started off, but, but, but then for the next few years, I was very much on my own. Do, um, and, and I started working on a, a series uh, called Super Seed, which is about the world's first super-powered fertility clinic. And um, that was actually, a, 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 the script for that was came from one of those script writing classes. And then I decided to draw that myself. And so I was working on myself. Um, and that was sort of my first um, published, you know, pseudo-published work that uh, 
that um, I, I was able to you know get paid for. Um, it was a, a way back in the in the day when there were uh, when Zuda Comics was a thing. Um, Super C was picked up for a Zuda Comics um, promotion um, and um, got you know five hundred dollar check to be in a contest and uh, and got me on the DC Comics um, mailing list for a few years, which was very fun. Um, but that sort of like got me into it. But then I also got like the feedback that I got on the book, you know, pointed out, you know, some areas of weakness. And and so I sort of got it in my head that, well, um, I want to make more comics. I, I, I want to make them faster. I want to put more work out into the world. Uh, I only have so much time and energy and, and, and talent to do everything myself. So what would happen if I start working on a couple different projects with other creators? and started going down that that route and what I was publishing under was basically Tyler James Comics <laughs> and mm-hmm. I decided sort of as I was going to start building a brand and putting stuff out and putting stuff under other people's work eh Tyler James Comics probably you know a little little uh, self-serving uh and 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 I could do something uh do something better and so one of the things that I I, I was that I did to try to help level up though, is I started working with an editor, um, Steve Forbes, uh, who was someone that I sort of discovered by finding some of the columns and things that he was writing, um, online, uh, on writing and, and other stuff that I thought were just brilliant and, um, and ended up reaching out to him for some editing and, and we started a relationship and eventually, um, we decided to you know, partner up and create comics tribe as a, website that would share the kinds of things that that we were passionate about in terms of you know sharing the intersection of you know how you make comics and then the journey of becoming a comic book publisher and, and putting stuff out into the world um, but then it would that would also uh, serve as a uh, an imprint that we could put our books out under um, and the in, in our work you know um, uh, Steve was also working with a talented uh, young writer named John Lees, who was uh, working on this uh, high concept superhero thing called The Standard that he thought was really great and would, you know, hey, let's publish this too if if John, you know, w- was open to it. And and then I also sort of had uh, a relationship with um, – a creator named Joe Mulvey, who was working on his his own book, and and decided that uh, to to bring that under the Comics Tribe banner as well, and that really got us going. Um, you know, I had a book called The Red Ten, which I was working on. Um, we had The Standard, which um, John was working on, and we had um, uh, Joe's book Scam, and those were sort of like the first three uh, books that came out under the Comics Tribe imprint, um, and. Uh, and so that that really got things rolling for us. And then the sky's the limit from there, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> sky's the limit. But a, a hundred million uh, ups, downs, twists, turns, setbacks, sure. and uh, false starts, and and then wins. Um, but Definitely. but yeah, I mean, it, 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 and and one of the things um, among many of the things that were um, important to helping us level up was Kickstarter, right? And so back in 2012, we launched our first Kickstarter. Um, prior to the, the, that first Kickstarter did $26,000 um, in a month. And prior to that, I think you could collect all of the revenue 
the comics tribe or me myself uh, by myself had made uh, in sense my selling my first comic out of my backpack in high school for a dollar a piece. I think I sold mm-hmm. nine of them. Um, you, you could add all of that up. It wouldn't have come anywhere close to the 26,000, all the convention, like conventions and other stuff. Like it wouldn't have come anywhere close to the 26,000 we raised with that first uh, Kickstarter launch. And that really helped, you know, ignite and, and take things to the next level for us. Um, and so uh, that's part of the reason why, you know, here I am eight years later, still talking about Kickstarter and crowdfunding and, and, all of that um, with passion and with excitement in my voice, because, you know, there's nothing that I've seen that's been able to um, have the kind of impact in a relatively short amount of time for creators um, as a platform like Kickstarter. Yeah, it's, it's been incredible. I'm on my, uh, my sixth Kickstarter. Um, It's actually ending today as we're recording, but um, yeah, it's, it's an incredible community to have available um, for everybody around the world, really. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just incredible that we're able to connect in such a way uh, from comic creators to comic readers and comic creators that read as well. Of course. <laughs> um, but your, your uh, Kickstarter campaigns are kind of on a whole other level. Um, I, I believe she was your your the latest comics tribe. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. Um, yeah, yeah, she was um, a book that uh, comics tribe um, did with Ryan K. Lindsay and Chris Panda. And you know, Ryan is a creator that actually I've been working on since the very first Kickstarter I did. He he had uh, his first published work. I'm, I'm proud to say, and first paid work was uh, he participated in the comics tribes that first anthology project um which was uh for oxymoron uh volume one hardcover anthology um and so that was our kickstarter that kicked it kicked it all off and um you know ryan is someone that i've been watching his career for a while and i've worked with him a, a few more times after that on a couple of different things and um you know he's he always does interesting stuff he has a great eye for artistic talent and um likes pushing the envelope and one of the things you know, you know, there's a lot of creators that will, you know, there's, we go through these phases of, um, all right, well, how the, how the heck would I ever make Kickstarter work for me to, all right, you figure it out, you launch, you get it funded, you do that again, you do that again. And there are some creators that sort of hit this point where like, oh, all right, well, how do you keep this fresh? Like, how do you, you know, like, how, how do you not get, like, it seems weird, but how do you not get bored with launching projects or with, with doing this stuff? Because, you know, like, like anything, it it just, I know it sounds, it probably sounds weird if you've never done it, but like anything, it's like, well, the more you do it, that it becomes like, you sort of play the expectation game. And so for me, one of the things that keeps things fresh is doing really cool stuff and trying to push the envelope on stuff. And so, so Ryan had this cool, like sort of oversized, uh, one shot, story, um, with great art. Um, and, but there was also like, all right, well, what, what do we want to do with this? And for me, I'm like, uh, I'm like, let's, let's push the envelope, man. Let's, let's go oversized. Let's do something really cool with the cover. Let's, tr- let's try to do something that we haven't done before. Um, and, and so, you know, I really set out with this to make, to try to make like one of the coolest, 
um, just visually pop appeal uh, hardcovers that I've ever seen. Um, and you know, over the years, we've we've worked with some really good print partners, people that um, people like Sam Amborn over at Print Lore, which is who we worked with on the she die cut hardcover. Um, and you know, she's somebody that I'm able to say like, Hey, here's what I'm trying to go for. Is this possible? How, how can we make this work? And she was able to be like, all right, we can figure this out. And, um, and so, yeah, uh, we launched that, um, like the week after <laughs> the entire world <laughs> fell apart and stay at home waters <laughs> went in place and the economy yeah. and the stock market dropped to, to the bare bottom. Um, and so, you know, and we and and so we did we did that and, and it turned out to be our most backed launch ever for a graphic novel project. So um, that was pretty exciting. And, Very exciting. Yeah, and those books are actually be uh, touching down in a week or so uh, here in the states, and and they should be arriving to to Ryan in Australia this week soon. So oh, amazing fulfillment, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Uh, now, moving back to the apocalypse and back into the car, uh, the next question that comes up is, what's the funniest comic that you've read? Oh, man, the funniest comic. Um, I I mean, I think Sex Criminals was pretty pretty freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember just thinking that that was great. Um, I'm sure there's probably um, more moments uh, and and uh, or, or funny moments like peppered throughout different different comics, but that would probably be the one that I that I found like you know was most consistently uh, funny at least. And 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 I, I've never really been a big comic strip person. I know that there are people that um, will point to comic to to far side or like Calvin and Hobbes and stuff and like yeah. that. I, I've always more, been more of a a narrative driven stuff. So if you can, you can make me laugh in the context of, of, uh, a narrative, um, that will be pretty good. Um, I, I will also just to be a Homer, uh, point out that, um, sync number 10 by John Lees and Alex Cormick, mm-hmm. um, is probably one of the <laughs> funniest comics <laughs> that you'll ever read, uh, which is, I know odd to say from, from what is a crime horror series that is, is super dark, but, um, <laughs> You know, it involves a, uh, uh, you know, an awkward, shy couple that um, meets uh, uh, for for a, a sweet date that turns into a weird uh, S&M thing that turns into a fight for their life, <laughs> wielding sex toys and other uh, paraphernalia <laughs> that uh, probably can't be da- can't be uh, named on a, a podcast that's trying to keep its clean tag. So, but uh, <laughs> if you haven't checked that out, uh, sync number 10 is pretty hilarious, too. Fantastic. Uh, and then uh, changing gears, um, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Oh, man. Um, so Day Trippers is probably, you know, it's 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 in my top. Uh, it's in my top 10 of all time, probably comics. Um, mm. And it's just, you know, it's a profound work that. Um, just gut guts you and but also you know just makes you think about how precious life is um and how you know how fleeting it can be at times and 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 how you know 
every 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 aspect and every day of our life is a gift and every um season of our life um is and and so that, like that was a comic that moved me in ways that I don't you know I, I probably pushed the envelope before uh, in ways that uh yeah it, it's breathtaking work um so if you haven't checked it out and I know it, it's probably not even um Ba and then the, and the team's uh, most known work, but it's it's a breathtaking work. Yeah, it came up um, a few shows ago actually, day trips for the first time, which is when I first became aware of it, really. Um, so no, yeah, it's a, it's definitely um, one for the uh, reading pile, certainly. Um, and then uh, changing gears once again, uh, what's the scariest comic that you've read? Oh man, you know, um, the book Echoes by Josh Fialkov and Roxanne Akadel, uh, that one is super, it, it was just, it's super scary. There's, there's some, there's some elements, some stuff in there that just really lingers with you. Um, there's probably, probably more, more terrifying stuff. Um, but Echoes is there. Um, I mean, I think there are, moments also in the in the book severed that was able to really capture the jump scare um in comics uh that that is kind of can be quite frankly hard to do um so i would definitely um you know check out uh those two books if you're looking to be you know be scared (laughs) (laughs) you know you you say you know leave the light on which i guess you have to do if you're reading comics but leave it on after you put it down um (laughs) and for anybody that hasn't hasn't come across echoes before um how do you best describe it so echoes is about a um i mean it's a it's a, a about a guy who um father is dying and has dementia and he discovers that his father may have been a serial killer and underneath his house there's vestiges of all of the murders that he's committed and uh and that's the first issue man (laughs) like uh it's, it's a it's a five yeah it's a it's a five issue series um, and there's just, uh, and, and, oh, and, 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 but the guy who is, um, is going through it is also someone that, that has been diagnosed with schizophrenia and, and so is dealing with his own mental, um, um, decline and, uh, or his own, you know, issues that he's trying to take control while also discovering this mystery about his father and, uh, yeah, it's uh, breathtaking work, um, and black like black and white. It was by Top Cow, um, and uh, came out in you know twenty ten. So um, it's not too young, but not too old. But it's 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 brilliant, and I would definitely check it out. Fantastic. Uh, now moving on uh, to my favorite question, and that is, what is your favorite cover? My favorite cover. But so I mean, covers <laughs> covers is one of those things that um, I actually like. The the don't judge a book by its cover thing is, is so ridiculous uh, because that's exactly what we do in comics, especially yeah. like a, a world where certain where 
based on the cover and nothing else, you know, some books can command five, 10, you know, a hundred times more than other versions of the same book. Um, it, it, it's a silly thing to say. Um, and so, you know, there are a lot of, like, I was definitely a, um, a sucker back in the day for like <laughs> the premium covers and, and the, and the, the gimmick covers. Um, so like a classic one, you know, the, the Wildcats number two, all right, had a um, holographic or holofoil like cover um, that was sold out and couldn't get it. And the, the value on it and all like the price guides was like through the roof. And I remember like hunting and, and, and going like to comic shows and stuff looking like on a hunt for it and and i remember one i finally found it in like a uh at a a toys r us of all places in like a bundle back Um, whereas prior to prior to finding it like it was like going for fifty dollars at the last show i had it and i was able to get it for like you know six bucks and that was like the the find of a lifetime (laughs) right Um, i mean that's one of the old school covers that that really um you know speaks to me but um but yeah at at comics tribe like we really put a lot of time and effort and energy into our covers and and so um i've been really looking to push the envelope on that and so you know the the she die cut hardcover that we just did you know i'm 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 gonna put that up with with the best of the best that's out there just because it's such such a cool design and execution uh one thing I will say is I, I did design that with like conventions in mind, like, Hey, let's, let's, let's put, let's put together something that's going to pop out on the table, no matter where it is, where it is. And uh, now the fact that Lord knows when conventions will pick up in earnest again, yeah. um, you know, maybe that was a miscalculation, but hopefully the retailers are into it. <laughs> oh, when, certainly. And when we do get up and running with comic cons again, it's going to stand out like, not, nothing else you know and it, it'll it'll fly off the table i'm sure yeah that's the plan i'm sure I'm, i know ryan's hoping for that because uh he's got a couple hundred heading in his way right now in, in australia <laughs> that he's he's hoping to shift so fantastic uh now uh moving on to our most interesting question and that is what is the most meaningful comic to you oh man the most meaningful comic um yeah, that's that's a good one. Like when I look back at my shelf, when I look at at, at my bookshelf, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of them that have you know have meaning to to them. Um, you know, there's a one of the things that kept me going um, when I was uh, in my teenage years, like doing comics, was um, uh, there was a a friend of mine uh, who lived across the street. Um, he was like the best artist that I knew. And, um, he would, like, like we had different tastes, right? Like, and you know, he was into certain stuff and I was into certain stuff. But, um, one of the things that he got just super into was uh, sin city. And, uh, you know, prior to even picking it up, picking that book up, um, you know, I, I was into the super heroes and the super colored stuff. And, you know, what's this black and white block, blocky, blotchy, mm-hmm. you know, like uh style. Um, But he sort of, you know, kept at it and, and kept getting 
you know, getting me into it. And, you know, before you know it, like I got sucked into that world completely. And, uh, and I probably read those Sin City books and, uh, and reviewed those more than, more than anything. And, um, but, but also a part of that was like, when I, when I, you know, tap into that, it reminds me of the good times that, uh, we would have with my friend who lives across the street. We would like, um, do comics like binge nights where we would, um, he, either he would take his, his drawing table. Like he would literally carry his drawing table out of his house and walk it across the street and bring it to, uh, and we'd set it up in my room and we would both like, you know, draw and work on comics all night long. Um, or, or vice versa. I would grab my art table and <laughs> carry it all the way across the street and set it up in his room. And it would be like working comics till like three or four in the morning and then sleeping bags and, and then reading comics and, and talking comics. And it's like, you know, we don't live in a day where like the, the Marvel bullpen was always like this, you know, imaginary thing like where like and it sounds like like the like this most imaginary like or, or like the, the mythical thing of like you go to an office and everybody's working on awesome cool stuff and you're having conversations and you're talking about it and you and you're doing what you love right and you know that doesn't exist <laughs> really for, for for most people in the world of comics um people try to recreate it and, and and i think some do well where you know people will log on to skype or zoom and and just you know have other artists like virtually in their world as they work. And I know that that, that happens, but, um, but those are like good times about just like, you know, working on creative projects, but being close to people. And so, you know, when I think about um, the stuff that I've done with comics launch and comics tribe and, and the stuff that I'm most proud of, yes, there's work, there's other stuff, but um, creating the venues and the, the opportunities for creators to genuinely connect and meet other creators and, and have that community and bring them together and support each other and collaborate and everything like, you know, end of the day, um, that's going to be something that, um, that I'm most proud of and that I'm, I'm, I'm most, I find most rewarding. Like, uh, the other day I picked up, uh, or I got, um, in the mail, um, a, an art book, uh, from, uh, artist, uh, named Ryan Kroboth. Um, who is someone that um, has just, he's very active in the comics communities. Uh, he's been, you know, in the, the comics launch uh, in comics launch pro world. He's been in comics tribe since, since the early days. Um, but, you know, just seeing all of the creators that he's been able to connect with uh, <laughs> over the years um, and, and the projects that he's worked on it all like in his art book, it's like, wow, you know what? That's, there's, there's a real ripple that happens when you create opportunities and options for um, creators to, to get together and connect. Um, and I, I felt the power of that um, when I go, you know, back in my earliest days of, of working with just my buddy across the street on comics and um, to the point where we can still, you know, get together and have conversations like this with someone like you from across the way. And, uh, and, and, you know, it, it, that's a great part. So that's a long rambling answer, um, <laughs> to most no, meaningful cool. comic. But, um, when I do look at the shelves, like there are comics that like Sin City that, that do evoke memories that are memories and experiences and times, um, much beyond what's actually the content in those books. That's beautiful, man. And, uh, so, uh, moving on to our, our next question, uh, which is the most underrated comic that you've read. 
See, that's a tough one. Um, just because, um, it's a tough one because I don't, I don't pay a ton of attention to, uh, who's hot and who's not, uh, and, and everything. Um, so that's gonna, that's gonna be tough. Um, like trying to think, um, I mean, you know what, like, it probably doesn't count as underrated um, because of its massive success. But at the same time, like, um, you know, I recently wrapped up the Walking Dead series. And Mm -hmm. so it's hard to call the Walking Dead as this, um, you know, multi-million dollar uh, industry (laughs) underrated. But at the same time, when you look at, like, the work and the commitment and the consistency that Kirkman and Adler were able to do over a long period of time. Um, I, I still think it's underrated. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and so yeah. it's important in kind of comics at large. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it, and it very much like, I don't actually know that it would be possible for there to like to do what he did today um, mm-hmm. without also supplementing, you know, things with Kickstarter and other things like, um, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, the, 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 the story behind the story to keep it going. And then, and then, but then also to, to end it the way he did it sort of on his own terms, uh, mm-hmm. surprisingly, like just let's get this gone with, let, let's get this done. Let the, let's and get, even let's doing the fake on. covers for future issues as well. That was, yeah. really, that was great. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, um, I guess it shows what resources can allow you to do, but I, it's yeah. just, it's, it's an, um, an impressive, uh, just feat of, of, um, of a few of, of relatively few people. Um, yeah. and, and that's one of the things that I always is amazing about comics is that, you know, I, even like, you know, half hour animated TV shows or, or the, or, you know, especially features and things like how long those credits roll, how many people go in to putting that work on, 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 you know, out into the world and and get it out there versus how many people it takes to, um, make comics that can live with you for the rest of your life is, is pretty uh, phenomenal. And one of the reasons that I love the medium so much. That's awesome, man. Uh, now we come on to the the most difficult question, and that is for you: what is the best comic of all time? Oh man, ah, the best comic of all time. Yeah, that's um, I would say, and you know, if you ask me this question, um, if you ask me this question multiple times, you'd probably get multiple different answers. Yeah. But one comic that I can just keep going back to again and again and again and, and enjoy it, uh, is Batman the long Halloween. Um, right. I, it's, you know, Tim sale, Jeff Loeb, and it's, you know, it, it it's a, a murder mystery and it's, and it's, and, and it is, uh, got the entire rogues gallery and it's got Batman sort of, 
you know, at his Batmaniest, <laughs> and it's just like it, it's it's such a good read, and and somehow like even though I've read it multiple times, I can jump back in, and and I uh, every time I read it, I'm I'm still there's still surprises, and there's still um, on a reread like I I like a good mystery, you know. Everyone could be this. Everyone's a suspect, and everyone's a a killer. And and so, you know, that, that that's a book that um, you know, best of all time. I don't know if it would make people's list, but when it comes, like, if I'm at my shelf and I'm like, all right, I need to need to dive into something. Um, that's a that's a, a a book that I will pick up a surprisingly number of times over just about anything else. Um, awesome. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna give you that one. But if you again, if you ask me two weeks from now, you yeah. might get a different answer. Oh yeah, yeah. It, cha- it changes on a daily basis, certainly. I think, um, and uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a very difficult question. <laughs> um, but uh, we we move on to our last question in regards to comics, and that is: if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? Hmm. Oh, that's a, that is another good one. I mean, I would probably if I could only take one. You know what I would probably do? I would probably uh, try to make one of those massive um, bundle, like binder connect- collections of like of Invincible, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a uh, there's a good book uh, with good good themes and messages for the for the apocalypse about you know fighting against impossible odds and taking a beating, taking a licking, and uh, keep coming back and keep keep going moving forward um i think that would be a book that would uh keep my spirits up again i guess i'm getting a lot giving a lot of love to kirkman right now but um i, I think he's he's done phenomenal um the other um yeah uh, we'll go we'll go with that excellent excellent choice that that that'd probably be my, my my choice as well to be honest um so uh we're, we're on the same page on that uh, now, uh, moving on, moving on to our last question: uh, What weapon, tool, or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse with you as well? Uh, weapon, tool, or useful item? I mean, a phone. <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming like the communications don't don't go down completely, but um, you know. I, I can do, I can run almost my entire business on my phone, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and I will probably need that to, uh, to, you know, hopefully YouTube, all of the survival stuff that I will need. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, so that would, that would probably be it. Um, yeah, that, that, that would be it. Um, there's also a book I have, I can't remember the title of it, but it's basically, um, you know, how to, uh, it's, it's basically what would you do if the world, the entire world had to start over? Um, and, uh, and, and you're starting from scratch. Um, and, uh, like how would, how would you go about rebuilding society, um, from the ground up? Um, that would be a, a good thing to have, uh, especially if there were no phone chargers or, or electricity in the future. So th- those would be my two things. Definitely hard copy. Uh, it will be yeah. essential, I think, in the apocalypse. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Tyler James, thank you so much for sharing your comics for the apocalypse today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Samuel. This was a fun conversation. You asked some great questions. Thanks, man. And for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? 
Yeah, you can check me out um, on Twitter at Tyler James Comic, um, at Instagram at Tyler James Comics Launch. And uh, the best place, though, to connect and, and get more uh, uh, of what I'm up to on a, on a weekly basis, the place where I show up week in and week out is uh, the Comics Launch Podcast, which is available at comicslaunch.com forward slash subscribe. Fantastic. One of which is me. So uh, thank you very much for all your uh, hard work and effort uh, with doing the Comics Launch Podcast. Appreciate it, Samuel. And congrats on your latest launch. Thanks, man. Uh, well, uh, that that concludes our interview. So um, hopefully our paths will cross uh, a Comic Con at some time in the future. Uh, but otherwise, I shall see you on Twitter. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, Tyler. Bye for now. Thanks again to Tyler for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Tyler's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene Magazine's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Take care, stay safe, and bye for now.